Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. I think Oregon State's doing a lot of good things on the field. I think their defense is dramatically improved. I think they're finding their way on the offensive line, their run game. Uh, They've had some struggles at the quarterback position. They will play at Stanford this Saturday night, 8 o'clock kickoff. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State coach, joining us now. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about the 8 o'clock kickoff. I want to ask you about being a sports fan. We've been talking about this, debating this on the show today. How are you doing, by the way? Yeah, I'm doing solid. Looking forward to this question, being a sports fan. Like okay, you. you're a sports fan. You grew up rooting for the Dodgers. You uh, you, uh, you were a USC fan. or Who was your NFL team? Yeah, I was kind of back and forth. My, my, when I was younger, San Francisco 49ers, Joe Montana and all that. Okay. Yep, yeah, they were that. Can, can, as a sports fan, do you have more respect for fans who, like, stay with teams that are losing teams, like Mariners fans have been there forever, now they get to the playoffs. Can you switch your allegiance? What do you think about fans that suddenly become Mariners fans because they're in the playoffs? Do you have a take on that? Yeah, I'm definitely with the fans that stick with their you know, their team, especially from where where they grew up from, even if they move around the country, sticking with their team. I, I, I get it. You know, you, you got some type of insight. Uh, someone gets good and you know someone on the team or some circumstance, but I'm with the – the true fan is those that have been decades long sticking with sticking with one team. I drew, I grew up as a Giants fan, and my teams were not good when I was a kid, but I was a fan. And then when they won World Series later, I looked around. Everybody's wearing a Giants hat. Everybody's wearing a jacket. I was like, well, where did you, where where were you? Yeah, yeah, that happens, you know. But I, the true fulfillment of those that have stuck the long, the long, long term, and then obviously be able to celebrate in a big way when they do win the World Series. All right, so when you arrived at Oregon State, there were some of those diehards in Research Stadium. And you probably looked around on game day and thought, you know, you could probably see some individual faces at different times. Do you still see some of those same people who were there in the beginning now that you are, you know, selling out what you have in, in the stadium and you've got some momentum? No, well, 100%. We see some of them that have been, been here a long time, supporting a long time, season ticket holder for multiple decades. Uh, you definitely appreciate them. In a, in a big way. We definitely appreciate those that have come on the last couple of years. Uh, but I think it means something for those that have, that have stuck around the place and been committed to the place for a long time. What do people say? What's that marker that they use? Do they go, hey, I was there when what? Fill in the blank. Yeah, 100%. I, well, I get a lot of the, you know, I was there and went to the Fiesta Bowl in 2001, and I appreciate those people, and it's a great memory of, of that. I've heard a couple of them like, even with the new you know, new stadium getting built, and well, we've had season tickets on the west side since 1974, and, and, and that I definitely appreciate those people. You should hug those people. Uh, Jonathan Smith is with us, Oregon State coach. Uh, look, everybody wants to know about the quarterback. Uh, I, Chance's neck, his health. Is he healthy enough to practice? He's working through it. Yep, he's not going full. It, it, 
but he's, he's working through it, and we still got a few more days here. Uh, you know, he's just got a lot of banked reps over the last couple of years, and so no, no question he's not getting all of the reps. Um, but he's working through it, and we'll, and we'll make, a, make a call closer to game time. I think it was a tough two-game stretch, but he, I saw his confidence a little bit rattled, and it surprised me because I, I had seen him look like he was confident and steady. And, you know, psychologically, what could you do to help a guy that may be struggling a little bit with decisions and, and pressing a little bit? Yeah, that stuff's not easy. I mean, I played that position, this position at quarterback, maybe the most, you know, high scrutinized position in all the sports. Um, and so, yeah, he was battling through some things. Again, I don't think it was completely on him. There's some things we could have tightened up in route running and protection. I'm going back to just the last two games and obviously we turned the ball over too much. Um, but that's not easy. This isn't for the lighthearted, man. You want to play quarterback and, and play against some really good teams, especially last week on the road in a hostile place. Um, and so you just keep coaching them, keep uh, making sure he's remembering all the success and positive plays he's had, some things that we can improve. He's got an opportunity to clean up some things, and we've got a lot of football left. I know that as a play caller or an offense, you don't want to be one-dimensional, but it looked like when you guys really committed and maybe that second series of the game to go, hey, we're going to run the ball here, you had some success there. Uh, how tempted are you to kind of stick with that, or why do you need to kind of balance out the pass game as the defense adjusts there? Yeah, it's always a, it's a balancing act. I mean, you go into a game with what you think is going to play out and trying to be aggressive. We need to you know, create some explosive plays because it's hard to, especially into that defense, to go 10, 12, plays at a time executing like that to, to score and so you're going to work to mix it and then yeah the, the way the thing goes and you're trying to mix it and right throwing it and then you turn the thing over and you lose a little confidence and at the same time uh you can't just not throw the ball the rest of the game uh, and so i've been in that seat and it's not easy um but we got to make sure that we've got some balance at the same time we're doing doing what the plays that give us the best chance to win the game What's how should I classify? Like, if I'm going to tweet, Jonathan Smith said Chance Nolan, it, was he limited? Is he um, still has some work to go? Like, wh- how how should I tweet that? Well, I think it's both. I mean, he's been limited. He's got to continue to progress over the next couple of days to get to the point where, you know, he's cleared and, and gives us the best chance to win. Your uh, defense is playing well. What are you seeing out there? Well, I think they're playing with some effort. Um, and, and they're doing their assignments in regards to playing 11-man uh, football defensively. Uh, we we still got plenty we can we can grow in that area. The way they the quarterback ran the ball, we wanted it to, to limit that. He we didn't in in ways. The guy rushed for a bunch of yards. He was too comfortable in the pocket, and so he completed a lot of balls and and went and created havoc around him that way. I do think we did a great job in their traditional run game when they handed the ball to the back. We were there and and going. Uh, and again, it's easy to talk about. We got to create some turnovers type thing, but I don't need all of a sudden now just because we need some turnovers. Defense, you know, particular players trying to do more than just their job. Those things will come if we're doing our job in a physical way. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach, is with us. Um, you know, the, I, I, I talked to your guys, and we've had you know both uh, Jack Coletto and Jaden Grant on in the last week, and I said to him, you know, somebody's getting to Vegas with two or three losses. So this is the kind of conference where that's going to happen. Do you preach that, or do you have to preach that, or do you just go right back to, hey, 1-0 this week mindset uh, coming out of a loss? 
Yeah, I, I do. We do focus on the week at hand, and that's the only thing we can control is the, the prep we do, and then we get one chance to play a game this Saturday. Who knows what it's going to look like in October, November, injuries, upsets. We don't control all that stuff. And so what we control is this week we got to find a way to, you know, get a win on the road, which is not going to be easy. That's got our complete attention. What, what do you see when you look at Stanford on the field when you see tape? I think that yeah, I think they're similar in regards to what they've experienced and we have. They've played SC. We played SC. Both of us lost. They've gone on the road back-to-back, tough places, Husky Stadium, Austin Stadium. Those places, those are good teams, and it's not easy to play, and they've lost. We, we went on the road to Utah, tough place to play, good team, and we've lost. So I think we're really similar trying to uh, – to figure some things out, what are we exactly? They've had the turnover problem just like we had, um, and that's why I'm back to. I think this is going to be a, a four quarter battle. You know, it's. It, I think a football season is fun. There's rhythm to it. Uh, you obviously didn't get the result you wanted in the last two weeks. It, you know, is how important is it for you guys not just to win, but for you guys to start fast, play well? I mean, I think all of these things are things you probably think about as you're flying back from a road game. Yep. Yeah, you know, you do, and then you always want to start fast. Every team wants to start fast, but ultimately you win the game in the fourth quarter. So whether even if you did start fast and you got a little bit of a lead, this thing is a long game. you got to be able to finish games and play well for a long period of time, whether it's not just about the first quarter. It's about from the first to the second, third, and then obviously finishing the fourth. And, and those are the best teams that are able to do that, and we're going to need to do that um, do this week and really each week. Yeah, I you know the receiving core. I thought you had, you guys had some nice moments in there, and you did some nice things, creative things. The reverse, uh, obviously, was a big play for you guys early. Are you happy with what you're getting out of that group? You know, I think you know solid in some ways. We got to continue to be more consistent. Uh, we did have a few explosive plays. We had a few guys open. We missed a couple of times. We got to catch catch the ball more consistently than we have because it would be a nice complement to a run game that I think we can establish and be productive with. But I just think for the type of points we need to score, we gotta we got to hit down the field, and we've done some of that this year, and we've missed on a few. And, and so we want to be playing complementary football on the offensive side. Dodgers are sitting on 111 wins. They, uh, they will get to sit and wait in the playoffs, but – how tuned in are you, you know, do you allow yourself to get, you know, is it a nice diversion to kind of check on the playoffs as, you know, September turns to October? Yeah, it, it's been a nice diversion. I haven't watched as much as, you know, during the summertime I did. Um, I was just talking to Scheffler about it. You know, we got to buy more or less the first round and waiting on the Padres and the Mets. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I mean, you, yeah. baseball, you play 162 or whatever games. And then to take a little bit of a break, I don't know if that gets us out of our rhythm. I'm still pretty confident. Home field advantage throughout, you know, Schmezer v. Dodger Stadium. Uh, someone's got to beat us in that place. Um, I know I will be tuning in as much as I can on those games. Who scares you more, Padres or Mets? Who scares you? Yeah, that's funny. I asked my son the same thing. He he thinks, you know, the Mets. I'm like, the Padres got some pitching. I know what's his face is out for 80 games or whatever that is, but yeah. the Padres make me nervous, man. You know, just local, a little bit of rivalry built now. Um, I mean, whoever shows up, whatever, we're, we're going to be fine. You know, uh, the Giants did something amazing this season. Like, never before in their history had they been 81-81. and 81. So, perfect, yeah, right. 
perfect 500. It's hard yeah, to do. Yeah, I can't say I've been following the Giants the last <laughs> a month and a half. Be honest with you. Only 30 games behind you, okay? Don't, yeah. don't worry about us. All right, listen, go beat Stanford. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you coming on the show. You got it, John. I appreciate it. All right, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach, Dodger fan. Uh, I heard him in there. He said he's rooted for the Niners for a little bit. You guys catch that? Catch that little Niner thing? I heard that. He's got a little bit like my grandpa there. Dodgers. Then the Niners were real good. I didn't hear him talking about, like, the Raiders of L.A. or the Rams or anybody like that. But uh, he rooted for USC, rooted for the Dodgers. Then he picked up the Niners when Joe Montana was around. Very interesting. I'll take more of your phone calls, 503-417-7575. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. Peter Sampson coming up top of the hour. How's he feeling about the Atlanta Braves? Peter Sampson. You know what's that? You know, he's not coming up. Peter Sampson's not coming up next. I thought he was coming up next. Bad info? is a little different. That's on me. I got some bad info. No, uh, no, it's not on you. No, I need to to take that one out when he's not on. Oh. I I failed. I failed on the big leagues. Man, you're going back to the minors. Sorry, America. (laughs) Going back to AAA. (laughs) Sorry, America. Uh, I think every once in a while, though, like, you know, Ted Williams hit 406, okay? You know, that's... That's less than half the time. Yeah, I'm going gra- to ground out one of these times. Just you ground it out. It's okay. It happens. Uh, let's take a call from Texas. Why not? America is listening to this show. Uh, let's go to Derek Garrett, who's in Texas. Derek Garrett, welcome. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with Garrett. Go ahead, Garrett. Garrett, I'm actually in Portland. I'm from Texas, though. Okay. Where in Texas? Yeah, so I was going to say that my aunt went to TCU. And so my dad uh, took me there when I was little, and the stadium looked like a coliseum to me. And just the pageantry and everything, I just love TCU, and I bleed TCU. I never went there. My dad didn't go, but little family relations help a lot. And it's just kind of a thing that happens. I don't know why people have a hard time with understanding how if you like a team, you do like that team, and there's nothing you can do about it. Do, do people give you a hard time? Not necessarily. Uh, well, from Texas, yeah, they everyone wants you to root for Texas. And my aunts, you know, family members, they 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 love Texas. Okay. UT all the way. I think you're hitting everyone. on something that I want to talk about here. See, there's a fine line between discouraging bandwagon fans and – I think the poor form that is gatekeeping fandoms. The difference being, like, if somebody is late to the party, I think it's okay to rib them about, hey, man, that's a brand new Mariners hat you're wearing. Where were you five years ago when this team was garbage and nobody was paying attention to them? You know, make fun of them, but they're still in the bandwagon. But I also think you got to be careful not to gatekeep. Like who? It's whose job is it anyway? Yeah, because so like, your job. How many years do you have to go through pain and suffering? Yeah, 
And and why is it somebody's job to tell other people who they should be, you know, what they should like? We don't do this in anything else. Like I saw one of the Seattle news stations did, or media outlets did a funny bit where they went outside the stadium in Seattle. Is it T-Mobile still, or what are they calling it now? Oh, uh, yeah, T-Mobile Park. Okay, T-Mobile Park. They're outside T-Mobile Park. They're interviewing fans, Mariners fans on video, and they're asking them, you know, tell us about your favorite Mariner player from, like, the last, you know, 10-plus year years ago. And the people are, they don't know any of the Mariners players. So they're fairly new Mariners fans that are at the stadium. They're making fun of them. And I think that's okay. But it's a little bit like like if you put me outside a concert, like arena. Like you put me outside Moda Center when the Backstreet Boys were in town. You know, and I want to go to the, see the Backstreet Boys. I went with, like I couldn't have named, you know, more than I want it my way or I want it that way. I, I couldn't have named another song. Like, does that make me a, I, like I'm not supposed to be in the arena. I'm not supposed to go listen to the concert. It's I want it that way, by the way. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Am I still okay to go to the concert? Favorite Mariner from uh, back in the day, Kimji Jojima, big Kimji Jojima guy. You are. See? <laughs> I used to, like, my favorite players would be, like, baseball card related. Like, the Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, had a player named Ross Grimsley. He had a big kind of hairdo, and he it stuck out all over his hat. I thought it was the funniest thing as a kid. I'll never forget Ross Grimsley on like a 1982 Topps baseball card. Um, but I, I just feel like sometimes we get a little snobby with this. And I'll, you know, and I think it's okay if somebody wants to root for Oregon or Oregon State because they're good all of a sudden. I think that's okay. But I also think if you're somebody who's late to the party and you're just showing up and you got a brand new T-shirt on and a brand new hat on, and you don't know anything about the history of the team, you should expect to take some ribbing. Yeah, I like, agree. Like take some ribbing, and it's one of those things where hopefully, you know, that brand new fan they see you as a diehard fan, and then they will eventually be that diehard fan. Who then is now ripping the new fans, you know, 30 years later, right? Yes. Like it's a vicious cycle. Because I think a lot of what attracts people to teams is success. Like, you know, very few people probably, you know, back in the day looked over at like the New Orleans Pelicans and went, you know what? They're bad. They're in the lottery every year. But man, I really love this team. And I love this franchise. I want to be part of it. And I got to get a Pelicans jersey and I got to get a Pelicans baseball cap. And that's going to be my team. No, that's not how it happens. It's it is success, and I think there are Warriors fans all over the country because the Warriors have been really, really good, and there's Laker fans all over the country because you know you. I mean, the Lakers come to Portland. What happens? Like a third of the arena is decked out in Laker gear, and it's because they were good. So people are drawn to success. I think it's part of why people pick teams. Sean is in Sandy. Let's get some clarity here. Sean, go ahead. Hey, I agree, John. You know, when your team does well and it goes to the playoffs, it makes a bowl game. You go down and get a new hat. You know, like when the Ducks do well, they go to a good bowl game, I go down to the Ducks store and get a new hat. And uh, I love uh, going to, you know, baseball promotions. And I got a story about how the first time, I'm a baldy like you are, and the first time I shaved my head was at Jay Buhner Day. And every person that showed up to Kingdom and got their head shaved there or showed up bald got in free. Nice. And uh, me and a bunch of buddies just loaded up and went up there as a bunch of baldies. I love that. See? 
wanted to shave his head and get into a park. It's a good story. But look, um, you know, a lot of teams do promotions, especially late in the year, because they they know they're not drawing and they're they're going, hey, we got empty seats, might as well get some people in here. Maybe they'll get excited. Maybe they'll buy something. Maybe they'll pay to park. Uh, I do remember, I'm going to say circa 1983 or so, maybe a little, maybe 81, 82, 83, right in there. Uh, I was listening to KNBR in San Francisco. Uh, KNBR 68. It was the Giants flagship station. That was my thing. I would sit and listen to the radio at night, and you know, I'd, the lights would be off, but I had my transistor radio on in my room, and my parents didn't hear it, and whatever. I'd be listening to the post-game show of the Giants. I've told this story before, or uh, talked about this, but one of the thing, one of the commercials came on, and it was um, it was TWA Airlines, no longer in existence. And the, com- the, the contest was, can you name 10 places that TWA flies? And in the commercial, they gave you the answer. Like they would go, like St. Louis, L.A., San Diego, Cleveland, Miami, Dallas. They would just go through. They would name all the places they fly. And then the contest came on and it said, if you write down the 10 places that TWA flies and send it to this address, you will win 10 free tickets to see the Giants play. Well, I did it. I sent it in. They sent me back the tickets. Problem was it was a weeknight game, and I was like in the fourth grade, and, and it was in San Francisco. So it was like an episode of Cocoon, the movie, turned into baseball. It was my grandfather and like seven of his senior citizen friends and me, and my dad went to go see a Giants game. I'll never forget it. It was one of the best memories I ever had going to the stadium. Team was bad. Candlestick Park was empty. But I was there having a good time with Wilford Brimley and my grandfather's friends. So it was a good time. We're back tomorrow with another great show. We'll give you our picks in the Pac-12 games on tomorrow's show. we got great guests tomorrow like Jaden Grant, Oregon State team captain, among others. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.